0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. (laughs) This is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and
1: dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. This is Michael McIntyre on the Next Level Podcast. And I am so excited today because we have a power couple. And I mean power with a capital P, man. These guys are amazing. I have on uh, the interview today Danny and Sherry Silk. And these two are amazing. And I know our tribe out there knows (laughs) this amazing couple here. But I do want to give a little bit of a formal introduction. And one of the things that uh i want to talk here about is sherry silk and what she has done she sherry is known for building teams with honor and excellence she serves as the director of operations for loving on purpose prior to her role she served as events director for jesus culture that's so cool i love that and uh, also as the general manager of reading civic auditorium in reading california which is the largest venue north north of uh uh sacramento she also works alongside with her amazing husband uh, for the past, I guess, sixteen years at Bethel Church and held various roles on senior leadership team. And Danny and Sherry have been married for almost thirty-six years. Have three adult children yeah. and probably more grandchildren now too. Uh, I probably need to get that it's updated. Three. It's, it's three. three, okay. And everybody, you know, Danny, you know, Danny's bio. He's an author, he's a speaker. Uh, Danny Silk offers life-changing books, conferences e-courses, and other things that he's drawn from decades of experience as a counselor, social worker, advocate, pastor, spouse, parent, grandparent, and leader. He is the president and co-founder of Loving on Purpose, a ministry to families and communities worldwide. Danny's passion centers around helping people build, strengthen, and uh, heal their vital relationships, which is so amazing. So welcome, Danny and Sherry. Thank you for being on here. Thanks wow, for having me, Michael. To be
2: here. Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, I, I want to—I want our listeners to hear a little bit about our history and our relationship. I remember uh, you coming out here, Danny, and hanging out, and coming and giving a great deal at, at Upper Room in Dallas here, and. And uh, we were blessed because you brought your family out here and you had your whole entourage. I think it was like, I don't know, 70 or 80 people with you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing. And you guys, blessed Stacey and I, got to stay here at our house. And after you left, uh, I was kind of coming into the operation as CEO, so to speak, of, of Upper Room. And I remember... One thing that I love the way you showed up is how you showed up in a pragmatic way, in a practical way with Jesus. And I remember calling you and you coached me several times on on stuff that was going on because I was so used to being in the business world and coming into the church world. It was kind of a little bit, you know. It was, you know, salt water coming in with fresh water. It was a little bit brackish, if you will, and uh, I just remember how amazing you were on coaching me through that that period of time, and uh, what a blessing it was. So, and it was so cool, and it really was. And and then getting to know you, Sherry, and all your role and what you do out there. So, uh, I was just reminiscing with Stacy about this earlier before this before this interview and how much we really enjoyed your family and your, your children. And one of the things I was talking to Stacy about your family, the way you, you all have dealt raised your children and, and have your children with you. Uh, it kind of reminds us of Stacey and I, cause I still have two of my adult children living with us here. And for a while we had, we had our two grandchildren and, and my other daughter and my son in law living here too. So we kind of understand that. And so, One of the things I want to ask you guys, because you guys have so many different things going on, uh, that I think this is really important Uh, in a family, in, in the culture of the family that you guys have developed, you're almost like a European family, keeping your kids close, which we love that, being in relationship with your children. But with that, obviously, you have adult children. With that, how do you establish, how do you guys work at establishing boundaries?
2: Well, we, I don't know if everyone knows, but we actually, when we moved to Sacramento, um, six plus years ago, we moved with our, uh, daughter Brittany and her husband and three kids. And we lived all together as her husband, uh, went to finished up going to get his bachelor's in social work. And, uh, We liked it so much, we ended up getting into another house, and then eventually we just bought uh, five acres, and we've been there two years now, but we we all live together. So there's, you know, with the three grandkids, so we went from empty nesters to, like, this is our (laughs) new normal, you know? I love it. At this point, they'll have to kick us out. Us out we, mic got, mic. Danny, always says they think it's their house, and we're because we come and go. But this whole weird COVID nineteen quarantine, we are home all the time without travel. But so I think one of the challenges um, is everyone um, being able to communicate what they need, and so creating this culture where. I'm stepping on your toes and I don't even know it. And then I'm angry and bitter, you know, that whole thing is. And so when we do talk, there's so much anxiety. So getting rid of that is letting our adult children be adults and not treating them like children and letting them be themselves and have different opinions and come and have this, uh, you know, building. It starts when they're young, but having this culture of you are, um, Able to confront me. Everybody is confrontable. Everybody should be open to feedback and adjusting based off of somebody else's needs. I mean, that is the culture that we try to create at home and everywhere else that we we are, because these kids they grow up and I don't know why, but they're just not. You're just not me anymore. I just can't pick (laughs) you up and move you, and I can't. You know, um, we have two adult sons. And they have very different opinions than us. But I love it. Like, you know, come and come and tell us what's going on. You know, I can set boundaries too and say, Hey, we're not gonna do that here or Danny and I we kinda have a little mother in law's type room off to the side. So we kinda just like, Good night, we're out. And they can do their <laughs> own thing.
1: That's awesome. And so with you know, uh I know that, you know, we're blessed. We have a large house. And so we can easily escape, everybody kind of escape to their own, their own wing, if you will. And, but also, you know, we have, as you do, I mean, uh, you know, Brianna, she, she's our chief operating officer here at McIntyre. And so she works with us on a day-to-day basis, which is, is, is also adds another dynamic in that. How does that work with you all? Because I, I know that, you know, you've got that family dynamic in the workplace as well.
2: Yeah, it does add another element, I think, it, for our team, too. You know, we have eight employees, and they have to deal with not just Danny, but Danny and Sherry, and then Danny and Sherry and Brittany, you know, which right. is the force of a family, so being able to, you know, to navigate that with them. But I think at home, it's making adjustments. I, my family and team tease and say, I, I eat problems for breakfast. You know, it doesn't stress <laughs> me out to talk about work. It doesn't stress me. I doesn't feel like a burden uh, to no matter if it's on my mind, I could talk about it. But Brittany is t- completely different than me. She comes home and she wants to turn it off. She doesn't want to talk about work. She wants to be with the kids and family and not look at her emails, you know. So I have to be careful and say, you know, Danny kind of gets this glazed look on his face, kind of. <laughs> don't talk to me about work. I'm like, oh, I've been married 35 years. I know what that look means.
1: Um, That's awesome. But
2: with, with Brittany, she kind of asked, hey mom, can we talk about this for him? Like,
1: oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we had Brianna, she she said, listen, you know, I've got to have a Sabbath, you know, I've got to have a day where nothing is talked about as far as business, you know, and so, you know, and I said, okay, I think we should all have the same Sabbath. Then. <laughs> that might <be> good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so that's what we did. And it really worked out well because, as you know, it's all encompassing when it's family, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And so, uh, all right. Okay. So, w- when, one of the things that I thought was really cool in learning in, I think at the time when you were here, you might've still been working with the Jesus culture. Uh, Sherry, how long ago was that that you left Jesus culture?
2: Yeah, I worked for them for three years, uh, running their event, which, which means I was on the road with them a hundred days a year, traveling with the band and all their kids. And it was pretty wild. Um, and it, and uh banding, Leipcher, who runs Jesus Culture, he's, him and I are similar in that we could probably talk about work all day, every day, nonstop, um, that energy. But yeah, that, that I traveled with the band, which was crazy.
1: So it, it is crazy. And it was so cool, too, when we learned that. And uh, so how was that transition when, when you left the Jesus Culture and went over to, you know, Danny Silk and Company? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Danny and I are both very powerful people and yes. uh, very opinionated and strong. So it was, uh, you know, we threw some elbows on the court. <laughs> just, like one of those,
0: just like one of those Texas uh, lightning storms. Yeah.
2: Super mellow. In-
0: Intense. <laughs> Awesome. yeah
2: i I mean figuring out what what is really important important and who's moving on what thing
0: yeah we delayed it 33 years before we thought we'd <laughs> work together in the same, in the same. <laughs> i get it i get it it was 33 years of training you right until you yeah. until you were
1: until she had you just right danny
0: <laughs> i know she she wasn't she wasn't quite happy with what she created yet but uh we we're, we're figuring I, it out.
2: I, when I worked at Bethel, I took over the departments that Danny had built, and the the team at Bethel would say, "Sherry's taming Danny's wild, wild, west. You know. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's kind of how what coming into Loving on Purpose was for me. But that's kind of what I do, though. I like to go in and look at the structure and figure out where the problems are and comb through things and and make systems work. So. I had to do that within loving on purpose and one of the, you know, definitely Danny's it was Danny's world. So we had to figure out where I have, you know, I can just change stuff and other places is like, well, I wish you wouldn't change that. And, and me being involved in areas like the checkbook, um, He'd never, he'd never had to <laughs> figure out, you know, he never had anyone else figuring that out before. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we definitely had to work through some stuff, but it goes back to that connection is our goal. And when you don't have it, it feels terrible. And so we have to get back to that, even though we disagree on something or you know, we would handle it differently we definitely had to say, Hey, I feel disconnected or Mm. that didn't go well. Or I think we stressed our team out. What are we going to do different? And, you know, let them tell us that was an uncomfortable meeting and you guys disagreed. But yeah, yeah, all that.
1: So one of the things too is looking at, looking at you guys, I mean, you guys have this amazing, you know, culture that you guys have built over the years and you know you know uh keep your love on has actually reshaped and helped people in in a whole generation of believers in how to deal with you know family how to deal with marriage how to deal with these things and of course culture of honor another amazing thing has helped not only families but most you know how many thousands you know tens of thousands churches out there developed a five-fold ministry and and so you know what you guys have created is just truly remarkable in and pr- from such humble beginnings H- how do you guys keep refreshing that how do you keep going into the creativity and what what's is there a process that you do besides you know listening to the Holy Spirit which I know you do but to come up with this and, and to, to uh, preach, teach, and cast vision in this generation coming up, especially the, these millennial generations coming up, you know, how do you stay refreshed in that?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, A, you, you got to watch over your heart and for, for, because that's where everything is flowing from. So obviously that, that is job. One is I, I manage me. I, I, tend to me, I I had better pay attention to this vessel that things are flowing out of, or I'm going to tank everything that I do. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you know, I'm, uh, I keep, uh, Sherry and I both are kind of uh, maybe a little impatient or, or uh, anxious to get on with the next thing. So Sherry's has like a three year cycle. that she, she pops through these different environments if you look over the last, you know, 10 years, you know, she'll have three or four places that she made a major impact. I I keep reinventing myself about every 5-7 years. I just have to do something brand new in my environment. So with that dynamic, I think we keep having different eyeballs that we look at the people we're serving. And we find a new element to 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 address, to uh, you know, to, to feedback, to uh, to help with, and so I think that's one of the things that keeps us refreshing the message is we we keep changing, and when we do, we we have a different audience or we have a different perspective on our audience, and uh, I think that's how we end up with. You know, loving our kids on purpose, uh, culture of honor, um, powerful and free, addressing the women issues, culture uh, keep your love on was really a culmination of 20 years of counseling people and feeling like I was saying the same thing. So mm. here, let me write a book and just. <laughs> <laughs> give it to you because i'm going to say the same thing to you that i just said to that last couple that was in here yeah. and the one, the one that was on in here all, i said it all day so i think you know which and then meeting bob hassan and and uh getting together with him and, uh really kind of answering that question when are you going to do keep your love on in business when are you going to do culture of honor in business i well, I'm I'm a I'm a church guy primarily. I'm not a business guy primarily. So I really need a business guy and the, and those eyeballs to to do this. So that's what Bob and I did together. And awesome. then uh, the most the most recent book is Unpunishable, which is probably a 20-year work of uh, you know, working with people who have crashed their lives one way or another, uh, some on a public stage and some very private. But it's always like, okay, how does the Father, how does our Father lead us through these messes? And and how did Jesus show us that over and over? And how do we, you know, how do we put on those eyes so we see the Father as he is and not as the devil would twist and pervert us to see and then be afraid, naked, and ashamed? So So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, our, our, our life has been very dynamic. And as a result, I think we keep seeing with different eyes. But essentially, we keep saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good,
1: Danny. So good. Well, I just think, you know, from from my perspective and from my, a lot of listeners, it seems like you guys just always have something really refreshing and, to say. And I think it's just, I, I love what you guys do. And I love that, you know, Sherry is, is so involved in this. I just think it's great. And one of the things I was telling your assistant, Anna, that, you know, Stacy and I, you know we come from a divorced family my mother was married four times and you know stacy's uh dad was married twice you know and i remember when we were going through marriage premarital counseling back then and we were, it, it was through the catholic church and i remember the couple that was counseling us you know we were telling our history of our parents and i remember them thinking you know man <laughs> we're, we're going to take we're going to take the we're going to take the under on this one bro <laughs> you know and so you know and but it never occurred to us that, and I remember, you know, and I wasn't following Jesus then. I wasn't, you know, Stacy's always been a believer. I came to Jesus late, but, uh, but I just remember I said, you know, I'm not going to do what they did because I saw the pain and the suffering in, in both my parents as Stacy did too. And so, you know, we decided, look, you know, come back on high water. We're staying into this thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Now there's been, there's been times before when I know Stacy had that look in her eye that, you know, said, you know. I've watched CSI. I might be able to get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I but, could do it. I think yeah, I could do it. Right, I got some right, right, new right. ideas.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So, but we've had those tough patches. We really have. But by the grace of God, and we've gone through that. And I know you both have have also have backgrounds of the same similar things. And and so, and uh, you know, Stacy and I counsel marriage, and I know you guys do, and but what would you say to the families out there to the marriages out there or people that are going to get married? What are the big three do you see in what really how Satan comes in there, the devil comes in there and divides that marriage maybe early on, maybe even after 20 years, I, I coach on a lady right now that she, you know, uh, she was married over 20 years and it just, you know, went and went you know sideways. And so there's generally what I see, there's, there's three big things always, but I want to hear from y'all's, perspective as professionals in this, what do you see the the biggest thing that marriage married couples fail at or need to be encouraged to, you know, to walk through and to, 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 to ferret out?
0: Uh, well, you know, this is the first section of keep your love on, but it very much is you have to be a powerful person.
2: You know?
0: mm. Otherwise, otherwise there's a bad guy, there's a bad guy and you're a victim. So you have to be a powerful person, you can manage yourself, you can tell yourself what to do, and uh, and in doing so, you pick your goal. You know, your goal is either connection or distance, that's it, you chose it. And if you've chose distance, then you've set your relationship up to fail, because that other person can never do anything to connect with you, because your your goal is distance. So you have to own those two things. One is you're powerful to decide, and then what have you decided? And then it really is about the the skills of of connection. Like what are you doing to connect? What are you doing to lower the anxiety between you and the other person? What are you doing to send the message that you care? A love casts out fear and fear casts out love. So you, you had better have some skills to reduce the anxiety when there's a disconnect, because that's what wants the rule the day. Fear wants to be your counselor. So I would say, you know, one, two, three is be powerful, choose the goal of connection and skill up to develop connection. That's good.
2: I was just thinking about, you know, we were both from really broken homes, lots of divorce and disconnection and, you know, grew up in, Danny kind of grew up in a home with a very passive single mom. And I grew up in a family with six brothers and crazy dominant, <laughs> you know, yelling, screaming. So then we got married and we we got saved and we got married and I think that's a, where a lot of people stop. They think, oh, I got saved. I have Jesus, which is absolutely changes the, your course in life. But you better get some tools. And I was thinking, I we put a garden in, and I weed-eated the, this big, huge um, <laughs> weed eater, probably an acre and a half of, of land. I'd never done it before. I'm using a tool I've never used. I'm not very good at it at first. And I think a lot of people get discouraged. You know, they're like, oh, I'm trying to communicate. I'm not very good at it. So they quit or they go back to their old patterns. You have to just keep at it. I, you, When you pick up a, a new way to communicate or set boundaries or any of that, you can't just quit because it's hard. You have to learn it. And then pretty soon it becomes your new normal. Um, Good. And people, people just don't stay in there. So I, I remember getting stressed out. And, you know, one of the other uh, things I would suggest for people is that you, you gather people in your life community that will tell you the truth and kick you back in. The game. You know, you don't learn to play basketball by sitting on the bench. You have to actually get on the court, and you know, taking away. We never yelled. You know, let's get a divorce. We never talked about that ever. Even though that was common at my house, almost every night after the second martini was, you know, my parents were yelling, "Let's just get a divorce." Us kids were cheering them on, like we wish you would do (laughs) that. Be awesome. So it was just a crazy, but we came into it. We found Jesus. We decided we're not going to talk like that, but we didn't have any skills and we had to learn them and, and it takes time and effort and, and just stay and then creating this community where, all right, I'm not going to call someone that's going to agree with my pain um, and just give me permission to get out of my situation. I'm going to go talk to someone I know that's going to kick me back in the game. They're not going to they're not going to partner with my fear. They're not going to partner with any of my, you know, everything the devil would whisper in my ear. They're going to tell me what what I need to hear and kick me back in the game.
1: So good, Sherry. I love that. I think you know I think it it boils down to what I hear you saying is that it's perseverance, yeah just, yeah, mm-hmm. just you got to stay in the game, and I love the fact that you would reach out to people that would love you enough to tell you that, hey, listen, you know you know you need to put some drawers on the emperor has no clothes. Get back in the game, you know because yeah. you know because sometimes we hang out with everybody that just tells us how wonderful we are, and that doesn't serve us well yeah. So good. All right. So since you two are just, you know, you've been married longer than Stacy and I have, so you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you guys, you guys are obviously our seniors in this. Uh, but I know you come across a tremendous amount of millennials out there and genders who are dating. And so I, I see a lot of in, in, and I know it's gotta be prevalent in your community as well. A lot of young men who are just scared to pull the trigger. Yeah. And so, you know, and then dating is such a big thing. You know, how do they date? How long does, how long does, you know, does somebody date before they get married? What, what do you counsel? What do you encourage or what, what do you share wisdom with the Gensers and and the, the
0: millennials about dating and, you know, marriage? Well, we, uh, we direct them all to the defining the relationship <laughs> series for starters, you know, <laughs> right. A, right. D- right there. Um, D- and that's an e-course. Yes, it is. It's on the life Academy. Okay, um, good. It, it's uh, it's, it's, it's very similar. Uh, I, I don't think I mix it up much with anybody that I talk to. Cause I think that it's, it's being willing to deal with, the reality that we live in a war zone, and the war is between fear and love, and it, it it applies across the board. Whether it's your money, or your mama, or your your spouse, or your child, you know, you just you just go down the list of places where failure is an option, and people struggle with the 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 courage to love. Or the self-preservation of fear. I mean, that is really the battle that you, you, you know, love will bring out the best in you, and fear will bring out the worst in you. So it's your decision. Like, really, what do you want, what do you want to live in, and what do you want to cultivate? So I I think that my advice to any generation is going to be very very similar. You know, again and again and again and again. Which is why I wrote "Keep Your Love On" is because I just keep saying the same (laughs) thing over and over and over. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's it's kind of like you know,
1: you can't tutor your children, even though you say the same things as the tutor would, but they're going to listen to the tutor rather than you. That's our experience anyway. But but one of the things that I find it with, you know, I've got three millennial daughters, one's married, two grandchildren, and and the other two are dating. And what I find a lot, what I see is there's a, it seems to be, and maybe I'm making this up because <laughs> cause, cause my I, I'm just dealing with daughters here, but it seems to be the younger men today are hesitant in getting into that relationship. I don't know if it's in a non-committal or not. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up, but it just, from from my statistical point of view, that's what I see out there. Am I wrong in saying that's widespread, or do you see it as well?
0: Um, well, I think that uh, probably what we're experiencing throughout society is that there's more freedom than ever. Hmm. And so, you know, when you have choices, when you have options, uh, then it, it it changes the the presentation of society, it changes the presentation of marriage, family, um, church. I mean, everything, everything looks different because there's so much freedom. I mean, people can stay home and never go to church and say they are part of Bethel. You know, I, Oh yeah. I watch, I I watch Bethel TV. I'm part of Bethel. What (laughs) are you talking about? Right. Uh, and, and, And so it's, it is a uh, you know the divorce uh, option is is more available than ever because at one time society forced women and children to stay in an economically bound situation, a legally bound situation. We'll give the children to the father if you leave this man, and you'll never work again. And we'll you know, we'll, we'll brand you with a, a, a divorcee. You know, it was just horrible. I mean, well, my great grandparents were married for 60 miserable years. Like that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> right. It, it isn't awesome. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's fabricated. So mm-hmm. today I think that um, there's, there is an assault on family just because of the undermining of, masculinity like men are afraid to be masculine they're supposed to be something else it's very confusing we strip the fathers off the families we have young men grow up without fathers around so they're trained by women to be men it's it's very confusing so I think there's a lot of that going on as as well as the porn situation is out of control and so yes. Young, yes. young men have access to sexual behavior that they never had before at this level. And and marriage or relationships was where they would, you know, they would end up going to get that. So you're either going to be a, a, a whoremonger or you're going to be a husband. But now you can actually, and the privacy of your cell phone, you can just air it out, you know. And so it is very very confusing, I think, around somebody having the integrity and the structure, internal structure, to bring responsibility, self-control, love, uh, sacrifice, covenant to a marriage relationship when you you are so bombarded with options and under-trained on how to deal with it. So I think that is also some of the fruit that we're looking at, is that there is a massive amount of confusion in in our society because of freedom, really, not because of the devil, because of freedom. Now, the devil fills it up, but so does God. I mean, God has filled it up just as much with some pretty amazing uh, discipleship and people to, to go to, but it is... Uh, it's a it's a rough time to be a young person, where you act. You know, I mean, it's not uncommon to sit with a, a young person and have them say things like, "I think someone else should mail me money every month so I can pursue my passions." Mm. Like, what are you talking about? What is this? Where did I you know. it? And it's and it's it's because of this is what. This is what comfort and wealth and freedom, this is the downside of it, is yeah. I have just turned this in to where it's really, uh, it's all about my comfort and my my pleasure.
1: It's so good. You guys are so refreshing to hear this because, you know, I know that a lot of times inside the church, the pastors and stuff, they have such a... a it, which is good, a a uh, a caring, but it ends up sometimes being an enabler. You know, one of the things that I did you know, when I first got to upper room, it was like, hey, it's great to soak, folks. I love soaking, but somebody's got to get up and go sweep. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's going to have to get up. <laughs> you know, somebody's going to have to get off the ground and go sweep. And, you know, it was like, hey, you know, we're instead of, you know, starting at 10 and ending at 1, we're going to actually come in at 8 and go home at 5, you know. So, but... And I love the family aspect of that. I do. And I get their heart in that. I do. But, but what you're saying is so profound. And I love hearing that is about, you know, the options and, 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 you know, I, the entitlement, I, you know, personally, and I've said this before, I get really tired of getting the letters in the mail for going to missions, you know, sending $100 or $500. And, you know, And, you know, seeing these GoFundMe pages, my GoFundMe, I think, and Danny, you and I are about the same age. My GoFundMe was going to mow lawns. Right. And, (laughs) you know, and and I was in Michigan, so I would shuffle driveways, too. So, you know, that's how I would GoFundMe. (laughs) But I think that entitlement mentality with the The wealth that we've experienced in this country and the freedoms that we've experienced, that I think that's the dark side of the uh, uh, of the byproduct of that. And I, I, that's so good. I, I, and it's, it's really that that entitlement. But so that's that that explains a lot. And I love the way you put it, man. You, should, that's so good. You're so good at this, Danny. Uh, so, it, it, with that, I want to know, Sherry, what what is it that that you as a mother and as a, you know, uh, and, you know, raising, you know, children and, and they come to you, how do you counsel your daughters on, in that situation or have you had that experience?
2: Well, in just talking about the entitlement stuff, it, you know, we, I think us parents have to take responsibility in our part. Um, we, we went, in front of our kids and we remove the obstacles for them because we want them to thrive but struggle is is actually good for you and I removed it I took all the rocks out of your path and so then you end up with kids that um you know they're yeah they're not grateful but they're also they just don't they don't know how to work hard they don't know how to struggle and and we don't like to watch our kids struggle we like to help them and rush in and and all of that and so i think as our generation has to take responsibility for removing obstacles and creating helping to create um what we have you know i i watch my grandkids who at this point are 8 10 and 14 and one of the reasons why we we got a farm we have Twelve goats, I think, and four
1: awesome.
2: ducks, and twenty chickens, and a, I don't, I don't, two dogs, and a bunny. I think at this point. But these children uh, get up and they, they go out and feed the animals all year round, five days a week. Their parents do it on the weekend at six in the morning. It's awesome. They're out there in the rain and dark and whatever, and I. I love it because uh, they are taking responsibility for what they're in charge of. And I, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, helping out too much, you know, the mom, the helicopter person, but I, I love watching Brittany, our daughter and her husband Ben, just create this hard work ethic. And I think that's something I've always loved about if anyone know, knows who Chris and Kathy Valentin are. They are just just the hardest. Mm. Their idea of fun is, you know, we're going to take a vacation and remodel our kitchen, you know. Like, I know. Why don't you go to Hawaii, you know. But um, <laughs> I love that, that work, hard work ethic. I think it does so much for us to Amen. struggle and push through. Um, I, you, know, I, you know, my family was sort of an upper middle class, um, we always had new cars in a new house. I wouldn't say we were, you know, filthy rich or something, but my parents had a business and, and um, they had that work ethic that I watched, you know, and and also service. I think you can get a work ethic out of doing things for free, you know, serving your community and
1: giving and back. Yeah. What really amazes me about what you said, Sherry, is you know how many animals in each type that you have on this farm. <laughs> That's impressive. Amazing. I can rattle <laughs> off all
2: the goats' made. <laughs>
1: That's impressive. And, you know, so I, you obviously control the checkbook in the family because you got this number down. <laughs> I love it. That's really cool. Uh, so with that, I want to go, I, I want to change just a little bit because you brought up Chris Vallotton because I had to, I was having lunch with Chris and he told me a little story, Danny. And I want to see if this is true. Are you ready? It probably isn't. I'll just start there. <laughs> well, I know that you guys, cause you guys always tell these little stories about each other. So, uh, he was sharing the fact that the first time you guys met, he gave you a job at a gas station changing tires. Is that true?
0: No, I knew of it. I knew of it. <laughs> no, we met actually, we both worked for the same guy at a tire store, uh, I was 16 when I met Chris Valentin, and I was changing tires on the front end of this store, and he was doing alignments and brakes in the back end of that store. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Sherry, you can validate this this authenticity of this conversation.
2: This is. Yeah. This is
0: uh... <laughs> it's it's always been Chris's j- dream that I go to work for him.
2: Yes. Guys. Well, yes, I just. Before Sherry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just love getting you guys separate and then coming together to, to do some fact checking, like Twitter, you know. It's, I was, uh...
2: <laughs> I was uh, pregnant with Brittany and I lost my job. And uh, Chris and Kathy hired me to file papers and sit in their office and answer the phone. And I was pregnant with Brittany, so they're definitely. In a, <laughs> in a for a long time
0: i love it this year. yeah
2: yeah
0: that's crazy that's so cool so
1: all right well you put that rumor to rest and uh we'll ha- we'll put the uh we'll put the fact check on your twitter account for that one so uh <laughs> yeah. that, that's awesome all right so all right tell me i want i want to know about i know you guys are you've got these great e-courses. You've got this website, you've got all these different books, you're hanging out with Bob Hasson, you guys are moving and shaking in the kingdom and doing all this cool stuff. Tell us about the e-courses that you guys offer, because I think e-courses, especially during this crazy quarantine stuff, I mean, you know, it's, it's such a blessing to have that technology to where people can get this sort of information and, and at their leisure on their computer. So, uh one of you tell me. I want to hear about these e courses and how they attain them and where to go to get them.
0: Uh well just lovingonpurpose.com will get you there. It's the, our life academy. Uh we have uh arranged these courses into uh our our family, our relationships and leadership categories. They are eight sessions long, uh they're 20 minutes a piece. Each one of them has uh, just, you know, it's just really chock full of some really great stuff from learning about how to build a leadership culture to uh, parenting 101 to keep your love on. it's There's lots of really great stuff in there. We direct everybody to that because it's so easy to access and to, you know, run through at your own pace or take a group through it, whatever you want to do. But we are also, kind of on a uh, $10 per session, or per yeah per session right now. They were at $99 wow. at one point. So come on, that is
2: we uh, lowered them during the um,
0: the COVID yeah, deal.
2: Yeah, yeah. just because people are looking for stuff to do, so this wow. we have eight. Eight sessions, but each course is right now only $10. Listen, Every listen, year,
1: yes. listeners, yes. hear this now. <laughs> go, go, go right now. Don't stop and go to the website and order this thing. That's a bargain.
2: Yeah. If, I, I mean, they, they are the, the freshest material from Love and Purpose we put on our Life Academy. And, and uh, there are, they're reading books. We're doing online book um read through read throughs and all kinds of stuff like that it's, That's like, awesome. there's there's lots of stuff on there that's blogs and vlogs and all of it that's just available to whoever blogs and vlogs and
1: lots of blogs and can, can they also order all your books on
0: on a website from the website as well yeah absolutely yeah okay.
2: the, the
1: most
0: recent book is called Unpunishable, which is really about you know that uh, that journey of finding how the Father sees our shortcomings and mistakes, really, not just you know uh, Jesus forgives you in the blood, and that, and then and then once you get saved, you are held to a uh, perfection standard. It's so, like you know it's it, it keeps going. You know we 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 don't just have mercy for the lost; we have mercy for the family. And we function as a family. We don't function as a courtroom with criminals. And I don't care if you are the pastor and you fall or you are the uh, drug addict's son and you relapse, whatever. It's, we're, we're all part of a family. So unpunishable is really a, a doctrinal change for a lot of folks who read this book. It is uh, a whole other way of seeing the New Covenant. Awesome. I love that. And and this just came out, this book did? Uh, it just came out this last uh, November. Awesome.
1: So go to lovingonpurpose.com and get this book. This is really good. This is brand new stuff. You're hearing it right here on the Next Level Podcast because we want to take your life to the next level. All right. My last question is, and I've been saving this one, Culture of Honor. Great book. Love the 5 uh, in Ministry. In a... In a paragraph how would you say that the church is dealing are they, are they going towards the fivefold ministry is it attainable is it elusive what would you say Danny and Sherry how the church is showing up today in from a fivefold ministry aspect uh
0: well my my take on it is i think we're about to enter uh probably the greatest awakening that's ever happened in the history of the world uh, mm. i think that we are uh, we're we're on the we're on the brink of realizing that there is a devil, that we didn't become so uh, civilized that we got rid of the devil. But in fact, he's been hiding at the top of it all, orchestrating the misery on the earth. and people are about to see that like never before. And as a result, once there's a real devil, a real evil in the world, there's a real good, there's a real uh, need for salvation. There's a real need for a savior. There's a real need for a loving father. I think the, the, the earth is about to be, uh, reordered and restructured with apostles and prophets and teachers and signs and wonders and workers of miracles. I think it's all about to just come into a, a Probably the the clearest it's ever been. I love it.
1: That's a, that's such an encouraging word. I mean, it really is. And you know, and Sherry, what you what do you, I mean? I know you concur with that. Is there? Do you have a, a perspective on the fivefold ministry in that church? It, is is it looking like it's. You know, as Danny said, it's going to come into an existence here in a huge way. It's going to there's going to be a, a, a basically a, a revival, if you will. Is that right? Is that what you're
0: saying, Danny? Yeah, a global awakening is what I would call it. Yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think people are going to just have That's the awesome. cover's going to be pulled back, and people are going to see who's really been orchestrating things. And it's uh it's it's not atheism
2: (laughs) it's exactly
0: yeah it's it's lucifer at the at the helm so good
2: i I mean culture of honor really is uh the premise behind it really there's two powerful people in every relationship uh so i think there's been a lot of abuse of power you know um In and out of the church and so as people become healthy and strong and they take their place in the body of Christ that's going to make a big difference I think you know we have a lot of crisis in our country right now a lot of uh, people disagree and a lot of people that would just want us all to separate and divide and and the culture of honor really is to honor all people and that is needed more than ever right now in our society and, um, you know, and then navigating the crazy world we live in with social media and how you can just say whatever you want and and be manipulated by, you know, everything that's going on out there. And so everyone taking their rightful spot in the body of Christ and honoring each other is really going to change change our world.
1: So good. You two are a breath of fresh air. Bofa. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I I could I could talk another hour on here, but I'd probably, you know, upset my I'd upset my producer for having to edit this thing. So I just want to say thank you to Danny and Sherry Silk. Thank you for showing up so big. Thank you for taking your life, your ministry, your family to the next level. You guys are uh just amazing. And listen, audience, listen, lovingonpurpose.com check it out get the, their that you've got great prices right now on their e-courses take advantage of that it's such a blessing for everybody and uh it's been a pleasure having you guys on here Sherry and Danny we miss you uh next when you guys come to Dallas you got a place to stay again and uh just say hi to the family and that crew of I know you've got eight employees but I think you had you know, all of them here that time, which was awesome. I love it. I love it. You guys, you guys, I just love the way the way you guys roll is amazing. So, uh, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, thanks for spending time with us at Next Level Podcast. You guys are amazing. Hey, friends, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other platforms where great podcasts are found. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Next Level Podcast. For more information or additional resources, please visit
0: themichaelmcintyre.com.